0: So that's Acts chapter 17, verse 1. If you've got your Bibles, we should all have our Bibles. It's a Bible study. We shall be following along. Acts 17, Yep, after the 15th time, yeah. Praise the Lord. So let's just uh, pray while Joseph finds that. Praise the Lord, let's just pray. So listen, we want the Lord to minister to us tonight, don't we? Hallelujah. we we ain't come here for a night out we come here for the Lord to speak to us so let's just pray ask the Lord to minister us tonight thank you Lord Father in heaven we come before you tonight my God Lord, we do pray that you that your Holy Spirit, my God, tonight take your word, my God, and put it into our hearts, my Lord. Lord, not just be hearers of your word, but doers of your word, my God. Lord, we're the Lord with a goal make us more like yourself, my God. Lord, we do pray in your name, Lord Jesus. Lord, we just pray tonight, my God. Lord, let's put Jesus aside that are going to stop this hearing, my God. But let's focus upon you tonight. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Acts 17, verse 1. He says, Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollina, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, This Jesus who I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. But the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace, and gathering a mob, set all the city in uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find him, they dragged Jason and some of the brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason has harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. So after Joseph preached last week about the Philippian jailer the rest of Acts 16 just talks about how they were released from the city and they really wanted them to go, they shouldn't have beaten as uncondemned Romans but the rulers of the city were trashed let's frighten them and let them go and now we come to Acts 17 now from Philippi to Thessalonia would have been roughly 100 miles. And I was reading up this week, they reckon Paul would have walked this in three days. Three days he would have walked 100 miles. Now, 100 miles walking normally is hard work, isn't it? we just got to remember what Paul went through. He got beat so much that his skin flaked. You know when they say it's like their skins took off their back, his skin was literally off his back. He was bruised, beaten, and he walked 100 miles to get to this city. You know, and it's a big city in that day, it's a free city. That means that city had no Roman garrison in it, the Romans didn't rule there. And it held about 200,000 people. This city, this is what it was. And Paul would have been here. Now, there's a big debate whether he was here, because it says free Sabbaths people say three weeks, I thought it was three weeks to be honest with you until I come to Philippians when we find that Paul had two gifts given to him there, the Philippi sent two gifts to him love gifts, to help him while he was there to pay for him financially now, I think myself, it had been there for a couple of months at least to have two love gifts sent to you to help you out, it would take a lot more than three weeks especially them days to get them sent you here and sort it out but I believe when we come there I think there's a gap between 4 and 5 there's, there's a gap there but I don't believe the scripture contradicts itself I don't believe that but that's <laughs> my <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. that's my Uncle Mark <laughs> That's my remarks, comes out. Ask Mary, she's known me 20 years. But listen, what I want to get want to talk about tonight, right? Is uh, we as a mission, we're gospel, 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 gospel. Yep. That's right. We preach the gospel everywhere. Paul didn't just preach the way we preached. Paul didn't preach the way we preached. He reasoned from the scriptures. He demonstrated the scriptures. He explained the scriptures. When people had a question, he answered it. And he was clear. Because we, we tend to think that people know what we're talking about. Non-Christians don't know what church words are. When we preach the gospel, they ain't got a clue what they are. Go and you talk to people about sin. If you don't explain what sin is, it's just a word. They don't understand so we've got to be clear in what we preach, haven't we? So as we go through, Paul here. The first thing Paul always done, he went to the synagogues. It was his custom was to go to the synagogues. When you read through Romans, it was to the Jew first. He always went to the Jew first, then the Greeks or the Gentiles. But he always went to the Jew first. This was his custom. Now why he was there, in verse 3 he says, he reasoned with them, from the scriptures. Now, the scriptures Paul was, would have reasoned with would have been the Old Testament ones. Because the Old Testament, especially when you get into Isaiah 53, when he talks about by stripes we were healed, he was led as a lamb to the slaughter that God won't leave him, you know, God will bring him back to life. He talks about the resurrection in Isaiah 53. And Psalm 22, when he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The Old Testament scriptures Paul would have used. We use them now to prove Bible prophecy, do not we? Like the, old, the New old fulfills the old, what was prophesied. We use that. But Paul, they had questions. When he says he reasoned with them, they had questions. Now listen. Paul was a scholar. Paul was hundred percent. He learned from the best. He sat under the fear of Gamaliel, and he learned from the best. And he could answer questions because he studied. But do you know anyone can answer a question? You haven't got to answer a question there and then. We haven't got to do that, right? You can always say to people, "But I don't know what the answer is now, but I can go and find out for you." Because Peter tells us, it says, Always be ready to give an answer for the hope that is in you. If someone's got a question for you, do your best to find out what the answer is. Because it could be that one question that could bring them to Jesus Christ. It could be that one question. Do you know, I'll tell you what it is now. It's so easy nowadays, we don't it's so easy talking about it the other night is so easy to do, in it? To watch the telly is easy. Bible study is hard. It's the easy option. Right? We, you we can't always just go on go Google to get an answer. We've got we to be willing to study the Word of God. Don't know, years ago when we first got saved, the phones weren't like they was now. We had to get books. They was as thick as that. And we had to go through and search. That's why our memories are better. When you study something yourself and give give something for yourself from the scriptures, it sticks with you. But when you press an app or go on Google, you've got your answer and then you forget about it. But when you have to work for something, I think the Psalms tells you about about searching out gold from the scriptures. It's gold what you search out. And we can't be willing to do that. Oh, listen, I, I love when people's got questions because it keeps me on my toes when people need, want to know things. It keeps me on my toes in my own Bible study. But every one of us in here have got unsafe family, haven't we? Right? Every one of us. And I can guarantee if you've, if you've witnessed to them, they're going to have questions. Right? We've got to do our best to answer them questions. They didn't just. It was one thing answering them, but it says he explained and he demonstrated. Right? It's one thing answering them. But do we demonstrate Jesus Christ? Do we demonstrate? To demonstrate something means to act it out. It says, For God demonstrated his love towards us while we are yet sinners. Christ died for us. How did God demonstrate his love? By doing something, by sending his son to die upon the cross at Calvary. Do we demonstrate Jesus Christ? Because I can give my unsafe family every right answer in the Bible I can give. But if my life ain't living right before them, there's no power in what I say. Because they say, "Oh, you are playing the hypocrite. That's what you are. You're playing the hypocrite. Right? So we've got to be really digging into the Scriptures. and Look, where do our unsafe family go it, when they die? if they're not born again. Where do they go? Come on, you know. hell. But shouldn't that be the motivation for us to win them? If we believe that they're going to go to hell, that they're going to go to the lake of fire and they're going to burn for eternity where there's weeping and gnashing the teeth, there's pain on top of pain, then it's never going to be no let up that are going to suffer for eternity, yet we've got the gift, the words of eternal life in our mouth that we can give them and give them the answers. What does that say about us if we're not even willing to tell them? Can we say that we love them? Can we say that we can say that we love them? But on Judgment Day, when they stand before an holy God and judge for their sin, they, they wouldn't fit that for eternity, would they? If I was burning for a turning, I think, well, if my family loved me, surely they would have told me, wouldn't they? Should be your motivation to tell them, mate, shouldn't it? It sells fire. You know, there's got to be something there. If it, if, if it don't stir you up inside to know that your unsafe family's going to burn forever in the lake of fire, what are you doing? Do you know even no Christ? Do you even believe the truth? Just as much as heaven's real, and we're going to go to be with the Lord one day, hell's real as well, and they're going to burn forever. It should be motivation. There should be something there that goes up, Lord. Give me over me latchness, give me boldness. But, Lord, any way that I can, help me to witness and tell them the love of you, tell them to repent of their sin. I don't want them to go there. Send someone else. Any which way you can, Lord, save them. Because I don't want none of mine to go there. And no, you just don't want none of yours. But I have great comfort to say we can't all sit in a church when the world's burning outside. We can't all, we can't all sit there. We've got to do something, haven't we? Listen, talking to myself. I prefer before I've got to do it myself. It's like just as hard for me as it is for you. And listen, I've got the same words of eternal life on my lips to give someone as what yous have got. But we've all got us telling the same thing. You know, and, that's, and look, Paul, when you read Romans 9, 10 and 11, Paul loved his people, right? Paul would have given his own salvation up for his people. That's how much Paul loved, loved the Jews, his own people. That's why we go witnessing to the gypsies, isn't it? Our people. There's a love there. We got, that's why we've got to carry on, I think, as these last days are approaching. And look, they're coming quick. Things are going on in the world, they're coming quick. Evangelism don't seem like it's the top of the thing no more. Look, listen, don't get me wrong... I'm, I'm not stupid when I say that Because I understand that We grow churches and churches have got to work But It's the priority the Saving souls is the priority The son of man came to seek and save that which was lost Right The son of man didn't come to be served But to serve and give his life for a ransom for the many The mission of the Lord was Win the lost We're going through the book of X. What was the point of the book of X? Set churches up so they can go out and tell the gospel and get people saved. And then build the churches from there. But it seems like as we're coming in these last days, the priority is shifting. We're getting more comfortable. and It's just getting church. I love church. I love coming in here and being with you all. I love, love, love all of you. It's like Steve said. There's a love there. But I want more people in here. I want more people in here. But but he was concerned. Paul was concerned. And he reasoned from the scriptures. And he explaining and demonstrating that that Christ had to suffer and rise again, saying, This Jesus, whom I preached to you, is the Christ. Just a side note, I forgot to say at the start, we can prove as well that where we're at now in the book of Acts was about AD 52. It was AD 52. We get that from Acts eighteen twelve. There's a man called I'll turn it over. Acts eighteen twelve it says When Galileo, the proconsul of Acacia, the Jews were with one who called rose up against Paul and brought him to the judgment seat. Now that man Galileo Right for centuries he was um, they used to say he never existed. The Bibles made him up until they found they found in Corinth, they found an inscription With his name on it Now a man could only be a proconsul for one year One year can only be proconsul for So now Ain't like he was 10 years Where you you expect to see loads of evidence for him Ancient history When it gets down to one year It's near impossible to find something dated for that year But they had an inscription In Corinth what they dug up And had his name in it Galileo proconsul of Corinth A.D. 52 Right? Had the date on it well, it's so how good's that? It's even, they dated it for you. So now we know this is 20 years after the crucifixion. It's pinpointed for us. So right now we know where we are in the book of Acts it's 20 years after the crucifixion. After that, I haven't got a clue, but right now we're 20 years after the crucifixion. But. Paul explained here, when he read verse 3. The New Living Translation reads it a bit bit easier for me. It says, in Acts 17, 3, He explained the prophecies and proved that the Messiah must suffer and rise from the dead. He said, this Jesus I'm telling you about is the Messiah. He just explained He made things clear. See, when we're telling people the gospel... We've got we ain't sure they know what they're on about, what we're on about, when we leave them. They've got to understand what the gospel is. Look, unsaved people don't know what justification is. They don't know what sanctification is. They don't know what propitiation is. I talked to one person. They didn't know what sin was. I said, Do "You know your sin." I said, "What is it?" Don't assume. the non-Christians know that, what them words mean? They don't. They don't know what they mean. So we've got to be clear. Paul was very clear. We've got to be clear when we preach the gospel. You know, non-Christians don't do church talk. But I read, I read this the other day. right, um, In one of the commentaries. He said, he used the example, he, this man went to war. He says, and his, his fiancée, he said, used to write him letters. He said, I come through very real. He said, but I used to read them. He said, those love, letters, those love letters, he said. And I used to read them and read them and read them. And I will memorize them. He said, done something in the end. And he said this, he says, when you read the word of God, that's a love letter written to you. He said, that's a love letter written to you. And that should mean something to you. And it should do something to you. When you pour over the scriptures, when you read... The Word of God should penetrate your heart and do something. Every time you read. Every scripture is important. It don't matter whether you're in the book of Numbers, Revelation, the Gospel of John. Every scripture is important. And I can guarantee you this. You know the books that you don't like. Someone will ask you a question. What's in one of them books? Guarantee it. And it makes you get into them books. And i tell you what, this is what... I never used to like the book of Acts. I used to find it dry and boring years ago. So I, I'm not 80, I just find it boring. And what I've done, I thought this is what I'll do. I'm going to study it verse by verse. And I went through the book of Acts verse by verse on my own and I fell in love with the book. If you're struggling with any book in the Bible, study it verse by verse and that'll become your new favourite book of the Bible. Every every time. Every book I've studied, it's my no favourite. Because the law ministers to you through the word of God. You see, so he's explained not only did he raise them of answer the questions, he's explained he's explained it. He's explained all the things what he's on about, he's making himself clear. See so it's like he's going into a place and switch he's walked into a dark place and switched the light on. That's what Paul's done. He's turned the light on, and everyone can see. They know exactly what he's on about. So when we talk to people, they've got to know. Switch the light on. We're lights. The Bible says we are the light of the world. You know, we're a light. Light shines in a dark place, and we got to shine for Jesus. And then he says, and then he preached to them. Now preaching is different than giving instruction and teaching. You see, preaching, we proclaim. We proclaim the gospel. We preach the gospel. Right? When you teach, the Bible says, when, when, there's, when there's people teaching, you're giving instructions in the Word of God. But when you preach, you proclaim. It's like in the old film said, the herald of the town. He used to walk out with the bell go, hear ye, hear ye, didn't he? With the bell. There was a herald. He was proclaiming the message. He was proclaiming the news we got the good news of Jesus Christ, that Christ died for the sins of the world, every wrongdoing, shed his blood, died on the cross, three days later rose from the dead, and if anyone wants to turn from their sin, ask for forgiveness, they'll be born again and go to heaven when they die. It's a simple message. It's not complicated. Do you know what makes it complicated? We make it complicated. And we haven't got them. You see... And it says in verse four, it says some were persuaded. A great multitude of devout Greeks and not a few leading women joined Paul and Silas. They were convinced. Now that word "persuaded," it doesn't mean that Paul talked them into it. Because we, we, could, we in modern language that means we've had to talk them into something. They didn't want to do it, but we persuaded them to come along. That's not what it means in that language. It means they've heard the truth and they were so convinced that they couldn't deny it. You see, what did did Paul use to convince them of the truth? What did he use? He used the Word of God to convince them of the truth. The Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The Word of God. That's what the Word does. When we preach the Gospel, for all the sinners fall short of the glory of God. God demonstrated His love towards us while we well, yeah, sin sinners. Christ died for us, but if you believe in your heart that Christ died and He rose from the and confessed your He rose from the dead, you'll be saved. Use the Scripture, because it's the Scripture that does the work, not mine in your good arguments. The, the Holy Spirit uses the Scripture to convict the man of sin. He says He, he brings the Holy Spirit draws men to Christ. We gotta use the Scripture. Use it. And do you know, listen, do you know how you use the scripture? You've got to learn it. You've got to read and you've got to learn the scripture. It's, it's not a magic button where all of a sudden we're witnessing to someone and then we know every scripture born to man. No way. You've got to read and you've got to learn. You've got to fall in love with the word of God. You've got to fall in love. With God, it's the word of God. Not only that, when you fall in love with His Word, you fall in love with God more. Amen. That's a knock-on effect. But listen, we got to Thank the Lord. The, thank the Lord for faithful brothers and sisters that do that. Thank the Lord for them. And for the rest of us, we got to be, we got to crack on and be more like them, have not we? But some of them were not persuaded. You see, they become envious. He says, and took some of the evil men from the marketplace gathering, gathering the mobs of the city in uproar see one thing that I don't I can never work out all through me Christianity you tell someone the love of Jesus and they want to punch you in the face right I don't get it Do you, listen I've I'll, I'll been threatened to be punched thank the Lord Jesus not happened yet right but one day probably will but it, it's not reasonable, is it? It's not, it's not a, a, a sane thing to do, is it? Someone tells you someone loves you and they want to eat you. That not it funny? I can talk about any conversation in the world. Anything. Talk about motors, dogs, anything. As soon as I bring Jesus up, it causes a problem. It, anyone had the same thing happen? causes a problem? That's spiritual, isn't it? Listen, when God moves from witness, don't think the enemy's not going to try and stop us. That's why we've got to pray for boldness and be bold when we witness. Because it's easy to sh- just to shut up, isn't it? Amen. Do you think, oh, look, that's to be fair. Just reading Philippi, Philip, Philippi, Paul wouldn't shut up and got his back took off. Because he wouldn't shut up for the... We get made fun of and we go up like there. We just, we, look, sometimes... Uh, we just got to go for it. Crash the gate at 98, as Joseph would say. But the, Jesus said, if the world hates me, they're going to hate you. They're going to hate you, the Bible says. We've got to expect it. We're going to be hated for all men, for his name's sake, the Bible says. He says, I've given them your word. And the world has this is Jesus praying to the Father. He says, I've given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. It says, told us, and we've got to expect it. You know, when we've always preached, we've always preached that you're not going to have a better, necessarily a better life as a Christian. Ain't going to be a bed of roses and all nice. Because the gospel causes a division. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. He said, I'll come, come to bring a sword. Father turned against son, daughter in law against mother in law. That's what the gospel does but we endure but in John John 3 19 it says this and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil for everyone who practices evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed that's the reason why men don't like it when you're a light And you're living right for Jesus. And you won't won't participate in the wealthy chat, the filthy talk, the choring, the gossiping, and all things like that. Men hate it. Because you go, "Well, no, it's not me. I'm a Christian. We don't do things like that. I belong to the church. I serve the Lord. All of a sudden, they they don't like it no more. Because it's it's showing it up. It's, It's bringing conviction. Now, that word for love there—that men love darkness rather than light—that word love there is agape. And who knows what love agape means? Unconditional, given over, totally given over to, and that's what it means. Some people say it's God's love. Well, we can love like that with the love of God in us, but they're totally given over. They love that love wickedness. Listen, when I was before I was a Christian, right, I Used to love doing the things of the world even though I was alcoholic I love having a drink love smoking listen I love the fact that someone could come in my market stall yeah. wanting to buy a rug and now fit any room they'd ask me to fit it in I loved it. I loved all that until someone said you can't lie no more they tell one lie that's enough to take you to well. hold up a minute now the old landscape changes if you steal your thief and that'll take you to well. Now, no Lyra entered the kingdom of God all of a sudden I didn't like that when Joseph's brother Billy come round used to come round witness him aggravated me to death because I used to sit there squirming he used to squirm because I knew what he was saying was right and I liked me life and that's why that's what it does but listen we push through but this is what, in the last few verses, this is what, and after I was reading, I thought, Lord, I'd like to have a testimony like this, what they've got here. It says, but when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brethren to the rulers of the city crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason has harbored them, and they're acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar. Now, it says, they're talking upon Silas. Silas had before him were in Philippi a hundred miles away right, a hundred miles away the news has got from a hundred miles in between times Paul's got there and started preaching the gospel from Philippi to Thessalon- Thessalonia. all of a sudden his testimony's got there before him his testimony's got there before him what was it? Leads are turning the world upside down what a testimony Hello. ain't like now where you got the phones Hallelujah. where people can know in seconds how quick did that news travel a man's testimony in them times when the quickest way to travel was horseback I thought Lord what a testimony I thought I loved that, a testimony like that where listen remember this they ain't got cameras either Paul didn't just walk in the city and they go there he is they ain't got Facebook where he goes in like, that's Paul his testimony went before him. I reckon myself, as soon as Paul opened his mouth, they knew exactly who he was. What a testimony. I thought, Lord, I'd like to have that. Just to go right, just to go somewhere I haven't been, and they go, he's a Christian, that's Johnny, he's a, that's his, no, his testimony, he's gone before him. I'd like to have that. And I like, listen, I use work, wouldn't you? Want not be nice, Charles Sutton? But later on, if we go witnessing I don't know Kent I know live in Kent on the outskirts and I don't know very well. Folkestone's far away from where I live at. Right? Imagine going down there and I hear about his church. Is it far from here or what? Yeah. Right? I don't know. Listen, you think I don't know where anywhere is. Right? But I know Folkestone's I played it safe. Played it safe, Folkestone's in Kent. Right? But Glasgow, there's some <laughs> Wales in <isn't> it. <laughs> but imagine we go down there and we go witnessing. I'll we'll go to put an outreach on, and people we ain't seen before go, "You're in that church at Maidstone, ain't you?" a year of us before we get there. Wouldn't that be good? Amen. This no. they only knew what Paul done because Paul went out and told people. That's the only way. No one come up to Paul and said, right, can you tell us the gospel, Paul, please? No, Paul went out. If we want to make a dent in Kent, we've got got keep it a We've got the outreach. But we don't want to stop, do we? Look, we can always tell the gospel. Whether we've got another outreach after that one or not, we can always tell people the gospel. Can't we? Don't matter whether we go as a team or one-on-one. We can always share the gospel. How will, they hear, how will they hear Paul says if no one's there to tell them let your testimony go before that's why James says don't be just hearers of the word but be a doer of the word as well that's how your testimony goes before you you demonstrate what we, what we preach you know and look, I ask myself this question as our testimonies are now and if, if our testimony went before us now now answer this yourself. Would it be good or bad? Would you have to, would people talk about you if you were a Christian that you they knew you were born again, your testimony? Would they say, I'm not sure if he is or not? Or would they say, No way? No way is that one a Christian. Shouldn't know what I was up there last week. But only you can answer that yourself. Please, Lord Jesus. They wanted to be one that turned the world upside down. <coughs> Look, and because they didn't even find Paul, they dragged his mate out of his house, Jason. They thought, well, we can't find Paul. He's the next best thing. Right? Unfortunately, right? Some, some persecution is indirect, it's not directly meant for us, but because we're the closest thing there as a Christian, we can cop it we can get the persecution. And there's time's coming, I believe, in this country, where it's going to come, it's going to happen. Laws are being passed all the time, make it difficult to be a Christian. And I believe there will come a time, if we ain't got our own building, we won't be allowed to preach here. Anything we say will be hate speech. Even just the fact that Jesus is the only way. You're intolerant. That's hate speech. You can't tell them others are wrong and you're Right? Well, we know Jesus wasn't tolerant of sin. He was tolerant for the truth only. And we got to be people of the truth and stand for truth. And listen, it's only when persecution happens, you know, you know how, much, how much who the real Christians are from the, from the false ones. Because persecution, the church, the church has never stopped growing because of persecution. Persecution's happened, the church grows. We've got churches in Muslim countries now. Where the brothers are going out there witnessing, the and there's loads coming to Jesus, Muslims coming to Jesus out there. I remember Salim telling us, he said he used to pray and he used to take the windows out, smash the windows, drag his wife out and beat her, drag her beat with rods. And yet that man's got the biggest gypsy church in Europe. What? That's, is he, that's what he's, that's what is called, demonstrating what you believe, isn't it? Because anything in that man, listen, any husband that say this, you see your wife getting hurt, you'll try and stop it, won't you? Or chuck yourself on top, just to stop the, listen, what a man of God. What a man of God, just eat. And to be fair, sometimes I can sit on my phone and watch telly and i got a job to pick that up. And yet we've got brothers and sisters that are finding it tough. But yet they're more blessed. They're more blessed. But what they done? Yeah, again, right at the end, there he says, "What they done at the end? They couldn't say it's all religious, right? Because they know if we're doing for the rulers of the city, that's not going to wash. So they say political. They use the political thing. They're saying they're talking about this King Jesus. There's no king but Caesar at the time." That's when Jesus said, Who do men say that I am? Because even on the Romans' coins, they had Augustus, the divine. The, the, Augustus is God. He used to be worshipped as a God and as a king. So even at that time, they had to bring something political against them to try and get him in trouble. Right? And, look, and the enemy's crafty. The Bible says we shouldn't be ignorant of the enemy's devices, of his schemes. Don't be ignorant of it. Right? But. Listen, great is ears in us than is in the world. We've got to be switched on. The enemy use anything to stop the gospel going out. But thank the Lord, Jesus is there and the gospel's still going out. And what they done in the end, all they'd done, they took security off Jason. What they meant was they took a pledge or a word. They said, if Paul and Silas don't leave this city, you've got to pay us a load of money. Right? So what Paul and Silas done for the sake of their brother, let's go, right, we go. They send Timothy back there to keep an eye on things. You know, sometimes, to ease the burden off your brother and sister, we've got to do the right thing, haven't we? We've got to do the right thing. But I just want to encourage us tonight. Everything we read here about these great men that have, you know, Paul and Silas, you know what they've done. Do you know, it's the same Holy Spirit that was in them men, men, twelve me, and you. There's no reason why God can't do the same work they've done with them men they can't do with us. He can do the same work. Do you know all it, it takes? One step in faith. Just a step in faith. And that's, that's it. That's what Paul did. Faith. The great faith preacher. Jesus said, if you pray, say to this man and be, be removed and cast into the sea, if you had a little bit of faith it would happen. that's what it takes and listen, if you're in this place and you don't know the Lord you might say it tonight "I thought think, yeah. didn't get off what that man was on about listen we come here talking about Jesus, he's the greatest thing ever you see Jesus done a wonderful thing, the Bible says that he died for the sins of the world that simply means he died for all Liars, thieves, adulterers, people that have hatred. Any wrongdoing, Jesus died for. Anything that was wrong, he died for. And the Bible says that if you repent of your sin, that means to repent means to turn. It says you're walking this way in your old life and you want to turn and follow say, I'm not going to do that anymore, and turn and follow Jesus. The Bible says if you ask for forgiveness of your sins and accept that Jesus Christ died on your behalf for your sin... And rose from the dead three days later. He said, You'd be saved. That means that as soon as you shut your eyes in this world, you go to heaven in the next. And it's just a prayer away. If you just ask for forgiveness, that would be happening. And it's that simple. We don't, we don't want your money. We're not asking you to join a club. We just want you to go to heaven. And it's simple as that. Amen. Is only any questions about what I preached about tonight? Not price